Welcome to HR in 15, a podcast dedicated to addressing the complexities of modern HR in just 15 minutes. Brought to you by Prestige PEO, simplifying HR. Hi, everyone. It's that time again for another episode of HR in 15, a podcast covering all things HR from Prestige PEO. As usual, I'm your host, Eric Kudum, Chief Operating Officer here at Prestige. Um, we have a very special guest today. Um, we have Karen Haycox, CEO of Habitat for Humanity in New York City. Um, Karen has been with Habitat for over 20 years, traveling around the world with a leadership role on a number of different initiatives, including the Carter Project, Global Disaster Responses, and many other um, projects and initiatives. Um, I am super excited for, for Karen to be here. I think that in getting to know Karen, um, she's truly been very inspirational for me. Um, so I really look forward to her discussing all her insights on everything Habitat and, and how she feels about different things that have been going on in, uh, in, in the business for the last, you know, at least six months um, while we went through our COVID-19 pandemic. Um, but to, 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 um, to start off, I just want to kind of just talk about the fact that there are nearly a third of all employees in New York are currently employed by a not-for-profit. As young professionals incre increasingly seek careers in the not-for-profit sector, Habitat for Humanity in New York City and similar organizations are becoming growing employers. Karen's here and she's gonna share again her insight and experiences in building a new kind of corporate culture within not-for-profits not, not as well as her corporate partner companies. Um, Karen, how are you today? Eric, thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. I am fine, thank you, and uh, uh, very grateful to be fine in this crazy world that we're living in in the middle in it, the, at the moment. It, it is an absolute crazy world, but you know what? For the next 15 minutes, it ain't going to be so crazy, right? Because we're going to be <laughs> talking to you. So, so um, before we um, start, um, you know, our, our our conversation. Can you just give us a little bit of of the mission for Habitat Humanity in New York City and some of the things that have been going on? Sure. Um, you know, Habitat, most people think they know Habitat for Humanity, uh, certainly from when they, they think of us as a volunteer driven organization with people. You know, if you're like me, you conjure up an image of Habitat with volunteers swinging hammers and in some single family house somewhere in probably middle America versus New York City. And because and so we're, we're very closely identified with our volunteer engagement model. Um, and in fact, we are that in New York City. Surprisingly enough, we have a lot of opportunities in quote unquote normal circumstances to engage volunteers in the work that we do. I think it's it's really our secret sauce, if you will. Um, and though you might expect, uh, because New York City is a very complex city and certainly complex in that in the housing sector, we are also a much more complex environment. So we sort of are who you think we are, and we're this other much more complex. Uh, affordable housing developer. I also understand that there's a lending facility within Habitat as well, correct? There is. Um, you know, Habitat is most closely identified with affordable home ownership. And so we do that by constructing homes, obviously, multifamily homes and multi-story buildings, etc. Um, we also preserve existing affordable units of, uh, of housing. And then we found another mechanism by which we can really stabilize the affordable housing sector in New York City is by providing affordable capital 
to various existing low-income cooperatives scattered across the city, um, and also to other of our others in, our, in the sector who are affordable housing developers. So yes, we actually have the Habitat Community Fund, which is our CDFI or Community Development Financial Institution. Yes, and so so I, I find this really fascinating. So not only are you um, providing the, the the means and volunteers for building, but you're also providing capital for for you know de developments that need it, right? In um in different parts of New York City. So um, the the work that that you do and your organization does is really mind boggling and so important for New York City in general. So thank um, you. You bet. Um, so so. Moving on. Oh, I have to ask you: um, Has anything anything exciting going on in a uh, habitat lately? Well, there is. There, there is. I can't. I'm not allowed to. I'm not allowed to give you the real details. But I will tell you that, um, as the CDFI kind of indicates, habitat is all about um, really leveraging our brand and our balance sheet and all the assets that we bring to bear: our partnerships, etc., our funders, and and the funding sources that that come to us to try and expand to serve more and more families in differing ways. And um, so we're really looking closely, especially in the time to follow COVID, around how we might play a role in stabilizing more families. Because I think really what we found during COVID was that what started as a public health emergency rapidly became an affordable housing emergency. When you think about how many times we all heard shelter at home, you know, shelter at home. And what if home isn't a safe or stable place for you and your family to take shelter? What if it isn't a shelter? And so we really feel called at this time in history to really leverage who we are to serve more and more families. And so uh, we are working on some, uh, some really interesting strategies and announcements should be forthcoming. Awesome. Well, while we don't know exactly what those announcements are um, to our audience, you heard it here on HR 15 that it's coming. You'll have to have me. You'll have to have me back when I can when I can make the information public. Hundred percent, you're coming back. Um, all right. So now you mentioned COVID nineteen. So I I do want to ask you how has COVID nineteen impacted Habit, uh, Habitat for Humanity? How's it affected um, your team's culture? You know, maybe over the last six or seven months. Like, what's going on there? Well, um, maybe I'll start with the end in mind, as it were. I think sure. I, what I'm really proud of is how well my team has responded en masse to this unique time in history. Um, we had to make some uh, it, we had to make some pretty bold decisions, and, we, and, I'm, and I'm actually quite proud to say we made them early. We were a little ahead of the curve. We sort of saw this coming. We maybe didn't foresee how long we were going to be through on this path, but we actually closed down just a little ahead of the city. Um, we closed down the offices. We closed down our retail store, which is the Habitat Restore located in Queens. Um, and we closed down our construction sites, both the scope of work that engages volunteers and the scope of work that does not engage volunteers in order to really focus on keeping our team safe. Um, and so the team, um, as you might expect, given the longer this went on, we had to make some very tough decisions relative to furloughing a portion of the team and, um, and also reducing the hours for another portion of the team. And so we did that with a lot of forethought and with a lot of support, quite candidly, from your team relative to how that all uh, looked, because I was so focused on keeping my team safe, keeping my team whole at a time in our history that people really needed to depend, have a dependable income. They had to have dependable access to medical care. 
And so we were able to accomplish that. We are still um, coming back from COVID. Our, our restore is open as of July 1st and um, customers are coming in. They're being very tightly controlled and monitored and we're adhering to it. all safety precautions. Our, um, our construction sites uh, without volunteers are coming back, working with contractors, et cetera, in the trades. And we are, we have suspended um, construction with volunteers on our build sites, but we are testing with what we call our brush with kindness program, which is really engaging small teams of volunteers in public spaces or open accessible green spaces where we can kind of control and keep people safe. So we're still trying to engage volunteers because it's so central to who we are, engaging the hearts and minds of New Yorkers around the cause of affordable housing and, and really stabilizing those of our neighbors that need our help. And and you mentioned volunteers. So like how important are volunteers to your organization? And now that I guess, you know, as you're, as you're saying that we're kind of opening up different types of initiatives now that might be green, that might not be, having volunteers is vital to the stability of, of, of Habitat, you know, going forward, right? It is. Volunteers play a, a very meaningful role in our work, as you know, it, most predictably um, on the build sites. You see teams of corporate volunteers, faith groups, school groups, um, families, groups that just come out and really want to you know, be part of this meaningful work. There's something very impactful about building a home and knowing that, if the, that the family that lives in that home will go on beyond your work. It's such a tangible uh, demonstrable result from your volunteer labor. But maybe what people don't think about, maybe quite so top of mind, is the idea that we really depend on volunteers in many ways. Um, there, are, I like to tell the story that when I when I started in New York, which was uh, not so long ago, I, there were a number of people who occupied desks in our office that I didn't find out until a couple of weeks in were actually volunteers. I mean, we integrate volunteers seamlessly into our office operations. Sometimes there are people with architectural expertise who are willing to volunteer or step up. Sometimes they're second career people, people who are um, retired and just looking to stay engaged and do some something different and meaningful with their life. Sometimes they're people who really lend their core skills to drive our business forward. I, I think of a, uh, of a woman who came in and really offered up her services and strengths around HR actually, and helped us to focus on our onboard, our recruiting processes, our onboarding processes and our exit processes, et cetera, inside. And I mean, a lot of those people, those are, those are fundamental core strengths that we depend on volunteers to help us with and are, are so very grateful for. Yeah, that's, that's really mission critical. I think for our audience to know as well, because, you know, anyone can get involved and, um, and if and, and just out of curiosity, if, if someone does want to get involved, I guess they they would contact, um, you know, Habitat for Humanity um, on their on your Facebook page or your website. Correct. That's right. HabitatNYC.org uh, is really where to start. Um, although certainly social media is critical these days, of course, to getting our message out. It's where we focus on telling the story of the activities that are underway in and around the city. And, and so, yeah, absolutely. HabitatNYC.org. Come and find us. We will put you to work. Whatever it yes. is uh, that you have, uh, you have you, that you are eager to offer, we, we can always find a place for a willing volunteer. Yes. Awesome. Inspiring as usual. Um, let me Let me shift topics a little bit in terms of you know, talking about a not-for-profit employer, comparing what you do for a for-profit, especially in the real estate sector. 
how, how, how does how do you find that? How does that work? It's it's interesting because I don't think that you know on the face of it, many people don't appreciate perhaps the complexities that nonprofits face in New York City. I mean, it's it's the easiest way to describe it is effectively we face the same sorts of challenges that any for-profit entity might when it comes to um, attracting and retaining high-quality talent. I think maybe one of the opportunities, and these opportunities exist in the for-profit sector too, but obviously, obviously there's an opportunity for people to um, to get a get the, get a toehold in their chosen career early, you know, if they're a young professional, et cetera, somebody who's always had an interest in housing or wants to get, you know, kind of their proverbial feet wet working on housing in New York City. So nonprofits are a great place to, to do that. And it, they don't have to move on in order to do credible, meaningful work. We have a lot of long time, long serving employees who have really been with us five, eight, 10 years, you know, and, um, and they are, they have a career path and, a, and, a, and they've, they've learned new skills and taken on new challenges and they each play uh, in integral roles in the work that we do, as well as leadership roles in setting the stage and the strategy for the future. So, you know, I think it's, we face so many of the same challenges. We, you know, compensation in New York City is, a significant challenge that we all face. I mean, we, we uh, while I believe certainly that there is a return on investment working for Habitat for Humanity that is non-monetary in terms of really believing as you work really hard, as we all do, that you're that you're making a meaningful difference. You know, if you're like me, I know my employees have a litany of faces and stories that they hold on to about the families that we work to serve. And there is something really affirming about that that I think the, any employee base seeks um, seeks to pursue. But um, I think also, you know, as we seek to recruit younger talent, there seems to be in the sector. I think studies show that people are looking increasingly to their um, to their to where they are employed to be engaged in the community, to be making a meaningful difference. Um, we know that's true from some of our external corporate partners, and I know that holds true internally with my own staff. So it's it's really interesting. So the fact that people you know want to contribute, and you know in, in the real estate sector, and really you know you know build for the greater good is a really attractive quality in getting people aboard, right? Whether it's yeah. young or anyone, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's it's very true. Is that people. Um, they recognize the sort of the mission critical or the mission focus of our work. I, you know, my own, for my own self, my career path started in the for-profit sector in advertising. And, um, and I worked, I can tell you on measure when I worked in the for-profit sector and, and my 20 plus years in the nonprofit sector, I have worked as hard or harder in the nonprofit sector. I think the difference for me is when I put my head on my pillow at the end of the day, I, I believe that I am. I'm making a difference in the world. And that, that, that means something for me. It's um, that means something to me. There is it's, something very meaningful to me that I carry with me every day. It just sounds so completely rewarding. It really does. And, and just one, one final quote, cause I was thinking about this. So with volunteers and then, um, you know, your regular staff, like it just seems it's a lot easier to maintain a real nice, positive culture and morale because of there's one common goal, right? Is that, Fair statement. I think it's a fair statement. And, you know, um, this is work like any other work. And so, you know, it's incumbent, I believe, on 
on, on me as the CEO and as my leadership team to set the corporate culture that is that that addresses the needs of any um, workforce. And so we focus, I, I tend to think that I spend a good deal of time focused on the culture that we set in our organization, the assets that we bring, the compensation that we offer our teams, the, the opportunities for professional development and for career growth. I think that all of the same things on measure that are meaningful to any employee are also applicable in the nonprofit space. And so we spent a good deal of time on systems and processes and 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 really trying to um, to run a professional shop because when the going gets tough, you know, I think the, the mission slant to what we do will sustain you when the going gets tough and the going will get tough. So you still have to have <laughs> the structures in place that will support your team because I'm only as good as the team that reports to me. That is the, that is the God's honest truth as a, as sort of a, as sort of a, strategy, I think of myself as a bit of an, an orchestra conductor, you know, giving life to the good ideas um, and setting aside those that maybe need to be set aside and, and really listening to the good ideas that come from my team. And the going and, and, and on top of that, the going has been tough. And um, at least for the last six or seven months, you've um, been a true leader for your organization. Individuals that I speak to um, regarding your you know organization are just are so glowing of, of what you do, how you lead, and the, the the many people that you help in New York City outside of the organization. So I think sometimes you probably don't realize how much how much power and 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 good you are doing for for New York City. Um, so so obviously thank you so much for for everything that you do. What I will say is that if you and, and we talked about this before, if you want to learn more about Habitat and how you might be able to get involved. Um, you can find Habitat for Humanity in New York City on Facebook. It's right there. Or you can send a message on, um, on Facebook, or you can go directly to their website, HabitatNewYorkCityNYC.org. Um, um, Karen, did you have fun? I did. I had fun. Did you have fun? I love it. I just, I can't get enough. I could do this all day. Um, I, and you know what? Speaking of that, we will do this again. We're going to have you on for our next episode. So um, thank you again for our listeners for tuning in. Stay tuned for more with Karen Haycock soon. And um, be sure to check out all our episodes of HR and 15 on your favorite podcast app or on hrn15.com. We will see you next time. Thank you. For questions or more information on today's topic, visit prestigepeo.com.